Welcome to An Examined Education, a podcast from the Cambridge School, a classical Christian school in San Diego, California, where we examine an education that prepares students to think well, love rightly, and live wisely. It's great to see all of our alumni here this morning. I'm excited to share your experiences uh, with our students who are in the back there. Uh, with our parents up front here and our listeners on an Examined Education podcast. So thank you so much for joining us. I also want to thank our students for submitting their thoughtful questions, as well as our parents for submitting questions ahead of time. They are really thoughtful questions. I think we're going to have a wonderful time this morning. So let's dive right in, uh, starting with some questions from our students, because in a little bit, our students will have to leave. And so we want to make sure that the student questions are, are answered. Alumni, when you answer a question for the first time, please state your name, your graduating class, current year in college, and what school and major uh, you're at. Um, so <clears throat> first question, friends, is which classes at Cambridge helped the most in preparing for college? Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Maggie Potwardowski. I graduated from Cambridge in 2021. Um, so I'm currently a junior at Hillsdale College, and I'm studying biology with a minor in general business. Some of my, obviously being a bio major, um, biology my freshman year really piqued my interest with Mrs. Maine. Um, that was a wonderful class. And then um, I think obviously going to a liberal arts classical school like Cambridge, um, really, it is a good feeder school into a place like Hillsdale College, which is another classical Christian liberal arts school. So being exposed to things like Aristotle and various rhetoric readings, uh, especially some of the great books we read in literature, were definitely a great launching point um, for the things I was exposed to in college. So I'd say literature classes my junior year and freshman year were some of the most formative and interesting classes that I took. Um, obviously, I enjoyed all of my science classes, especially because of the teachers. Um, I think the rhetoric classes and the ethics that you take your senior year are so unique and special. And I think um, because they are so geared towards, um, you know, forming a person in terms of their virtue and speaking towards their character and the way that you spend your attention and things like that, um, really teach you about humanity as a whole and the person that you kind of want to become. And so in a more broad sense, that class was particularly amazing. Good morning, everyone. My name is Emma Kim. I graduated from Cambridge in 2018. I graduated from UC Berkeley in 2022 and am now in my second year of teaching at the Cambridge School. <laughs> um, I think some of the classes I studied history and rhetoric um, in college and so I took definitely the humanities route and I would say definitely both of those classes in high school spoke a lot into how much I enjoyed it and then how much I wanted to pursue it as I went into college. Um, I had some great um, history and rhetoric teachers um, and or teacher, Mr. Goodweiler and Mrs. Kennedy and everyone that was here was so formative in the way that they just loved the subjects that they taught. And it just honestly created a passion in me to also love those subjects and continue that love of learning through college, especially at a place like UC Berkeley that is so STEM oriented um, to pursue something like humanities classes there um, was really encouraging and honestly really um, just cool experience overall. A number of the questions this morning, both from students and parents, are surrounded around preparedness. Uh, if you felt prepared to study whatever you were studying. There are some specific things here, but I think if we just, in general, if anyone wants to answer uh, the preparedness question um, into the things that you're studying, I would love to hear if you felt prepared. 
Hello, I'm Eden Yoder, and I graduated from Cambridge in 2021, and I am currently a junior or third year in um, at Kansas State studying architecture. And I think architecture is a very interesting subject because it's so all-encompassing. So I write, I read, I speak, and then I draw, and I make models. So there's a lot of different aspects that go into the major. So I felt extremely prepared by my rhetoric education. So kind of going back to the first question, that's kind of how I got my interest, understanding the rhetoric of space and place. And I think through that education, I've been able to create strong ideas, which then translate through in my projects. And I think it's very unique. I think anyone can really study those um, programs like Photoshop. You can take a tutorial online or you can do Rhino programs online. But I think what you can't get from something online or a different school is the richness of ideas. And I think that is what really makes you stand out and what really makes you prepared um, in the real world. Hi, I'm Claire Stevens. I graduated from Cambridge in 2022, and I'm currently a sophomore at Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm a public health major. And um, I have a lot of similar things that Eden said along the lines of, I think specifically in my major of public health and just at a liberal arts school in general, it serves you well to be very interdisciplinary and not only good at one thing. And I found that very helpful from my Cambridge education in my college career. For example, I have to take tons of classes where I'm doing lots of math and statistics, but then also talking about some really serious ethical dilemmas. And if I didn't have the Cambridge, like robust education of both sides, and I don't think I would be able to excel in my major and at my college the way that I've been prepared to. So I felt very prepared going into college. Hello, um, I'm Emma Moeller. I graduated from Cambridge this past spring. So in 2023, um, I'm a freshman at Hillsdale College and I have not declared a major yet. Um, so in terms of preparedness, um, Hillsdale, especially being the school that it is, is a very academically like challenging school. And so I showed up and I don't think that I was expecting how challenging it was, like coming from Cambridge and Cambridge also being challenging. And so academically, I really enjoyed it, but I had to work really hard for it. And I think how Cambridge prepared me for that was I knew how to work hard and I knew how to ask questions and I was willing to be corrected by my professors and my classmates, even though school was really hard. And it caused me to think a lot deeper than I had even thought senior year of high school. And so I'm really thankful for how Cambridge allowed me to be open to that challenge of education. I wasn't, I, I didn't want to go to an easier class or switch professors because they were difficult. I actually was excited about that. And yes, I struggled a little bit um, in school, but I really enjoyed it. And so I'm very thankful for that aspect that, that Cambridge helped me with. Did you feel a sense of distinction from your peers when you went to college because of the distinctives of Cambridge? Did you feel different? Or was it, could you stand out? Did you see it? Hi, I am McKenna Moak. I graduated from Cambridge in 2023. I'm currently a freshman at San Diego State University, um, and I also have not declared a major. Um, I think something very special about Cambridge is the relationships that we are able to have with our teachers and our peers. Um, since we grow up with the same classmates and we are taught by multiple teachers over um, our entire 
like lives, like I've had multiple teachers for maybe six or seven years, um, you can get very close with them and have very meaningful discussions. But going to such a large state school um, was definitely a big transition. Um, I couldn't know my teachers as well and I couldn't know my classmates as well. Um, and so that was definitely um, something to get used to. But I think getting so used to having conversations with my teachers and my peers really pushed me to get to know them better. Um, so like I love to meet with my teachers. I love to get to know them better and just ha ask their opinion um, about like what I should declare a major in um, and like what classes I should take or like who do they recommend um, I take in the future for some of my other classes next semester. And so I think um, in that way, I was more of a distinct student because I made the effort to go get to know my teachers who otherwise wouldn't know me because we were in such big class sizes. Uh, and maybe I'll double click a little bit on what McKenna said there. I think there are two things that make Cambridge students really distinctive that I kind of discovered. One is exactly what Emma said, the fact that you really get to know your faculty. And I know she's like in her first year of college, but as someone who I realized I didn't introduce myself, I'm Josh. Um, <laughs> I graduated from Cambridge in 2018. Uh, I just finished the University of Chicago this past year, which if you're doing the math means five years. I took a gap here in the middle. Um, and I studied economics while I was there. I guess now to resume my, <laughs> my answer, uh, having finished college now, I think it's neat to kind of look at what, what McKenna was saying, that you really do get to know your faculty really well. And that's pretty rare. I think a lot of students at school, even at a school that was very competitive, like the University of Chicago, didn't really understand how to make the most of their faculty, how to really get to know them. And I think that was really inhibitive in some sense to what they were able to do in college. Like I got to build some really great relationships with my faculty, with people who were running my labs at school, all this type of stuff. And it was really neat because those relationships are really important to what I ended up learning, what I ended up doing post-college. So I think that's a really big point that is hard to underestimate, um, but also hard to kind of grasp until you're out of college. I think the second point is one um, maybe more specific, but I think about uh, literature and maybe just studying more generally, is I think what Cambridge did a great job of was teaching you how to see things from other people's perspectives. Um, I think in college, this was like really apparent in a lot of humanities classes where you had a lot of students who were reading things like Plato and Aristotle. Um, and, you know, given kind of the current 21st century context, a lot of them couldn't see past, um, you know, issues like the patriarchal nature of a lot of what Plato or Aristotle kind of talk about. And because of that, they missed a lot of the messages that they had to that the ideas that they had to share um, just because they couldn't see past those things. And I think being at Cambridge, you get a really good sense of how to see things from other people's perspectives in the historical context that they're in. And that adds a lot of value, I think, to your education. Um, and so I think I think that was another really distinctive aspect of at least my experience at school, something that I found was true of a lot of not true of a lot of my other peers at school, for sure. Great. I, I want to kind of move into a, a little bit of a di different direction. We're talking a lot about college, but there are a lot of students that are here and parents that have younger kids. I'd love to know um, in your time here at Cambridge, um, and some of these questions refer to some difficulties. Um, did anyone have some challenges and difficulties that you were able to get through and how that benefited you once you were in college? Hello, my name is Nathan Kim. Uh, I graduated from Cambridge in 2020, and I'm currently a junior. Similar to Josh, I took a gap year right after I graduated. Um, I at currently attend Gordon College with a double major in economics and business administration. Um, my time here at Cambridge was pretty interesting. I'd say one of the biggest struggles I had was when I was in eighth grade. Um, 
all of my friends left to attend public school for various reasons, and there were all of my friends in my grade. Um, and so seeing them all leave created a lot of conflict in my heart, and I really wanted to leave to go to public school. I remember having a lot of conversations with my parents like, oh, I really want to go to public school because all my friends are going. And they gave me the option to go or to stay and I chose to stay. And I think looking back on it now, now that I'm older, the fact that those people who left left was one of the greatest things that could have happened for me. Um, because they left, I had the chance to make some of the closest friends I've had in my life. I've also gotten to get a lot closer to my professors and build way more intentional relationships with them. And I think overall my experience at school wouldn't have been the same had I left to attend a public school. And I don't think I would have been the person that I am today. Hi, um, I'm Jasmine Gingrich. I graduated from Cambridge in 2019 and I attended Gordon College, same as Nate, um, where I studied communication arts and a minor in theater arts. Um, and I'm currently working as a communications and content specialist at Gordon College. Um, but I don't, yeah, I'm not in Massachusetts. I'm in Oakland and I work remotely. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I'm someone who, if you look from the outside, did pretty well at Cambridge. Um, I had good grades, I had good friends. Um, but during high school, I really struggled with anxiety. Um, in 10th grade, I remember a teacher sat me down and I was just in tears. I was like, I can't finish this homework. I've been trying every time I sit and look at the page, like nothing comes to mind. And I know I'm capable because I've done it before. But in this moment, I just everything feels like it's falling apart, which of course is a little dramatic. I was 15 years old, <laughs> nothing was falling apart, but that's what it felt like. <laughs> um, and there is a lot of pressure on you when you're in high school. Not only are you trying to be a good student, you're trying to be a good friend, a good son or daughter, um, a great athlete. I was not a great athlete, um, <laughs> but you have a lot of expectations that maybe even aren't placed on you by your parents or your teachers, but you're placing on yourself. Um, and I'm so, so grateful I had the friends and teachers that I did here at Cambridge to work through those anxieties with. Um, because in college, of course, I was in a completely new place across the country with people I didn't know. Um, and I kept up those Cambridge relationships. I, the people who, I mean, obviously I kept up my Cambridge relationships. I'm married to my high school boyfriend, um, <laughs> who's not here. Sam um, is back in Oakland working. Um, shout out to Sam. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it was just really, really sweet to have people who know and love me so deeply beyond who I am as a student and who can, um, who just sat with me. Like, so in that moment where that teacher sat with me, we, um, I skipped, I think it was weightlifting practice that day. And we sat and we just got one paragraph done and those skills that I learned, okay, I just need to take the next step and know that even if I don't finish this paper, that people will still love and cherish me for who I am as a person. Um, which on the flip side then allows me to, allowed me to excel in my classes. Um, so yeah, at college, I, developed new relationships and got to know people. And I just think the, yeah, the relational aspect, the relational aspects that I learned and developed at Cambridge really, really helped me in college. I made such close friends there as well, who I still keep up with. Um, a couple other people here have said, you know, our relationships with our professor have been professors have been really important. Um, I mean, I have this job at Gordon because I'm 
of my mentor there who saw something in me to keep me at Gordon a little longer. So, yeah. Does the Cambridge School Virtue Education create a difference as a college student? Hi, I'm Jack Hahn. I graduated from Cambridge in 2021. I'm currently a student at Wesleyan University pursuing a degree in psychology. And I would definitely say that the virtue education makes a big difference. I think for me, a large part of my college journey has sort of been figuring out who I am like out in the big real world. I grew up here. I attended Cambridge from, <clears throat> sorry, kindergarten all the way through 12. Um, so sort of finding out who I was apart from this school, apart from my home here in San Diego, um, that was a big part of my sort of experience in freshman year and sophomore year. Um, and sort of the one thing that really you find out is the concrete parts of yourself that sort of remain with you as you adapt to new environments, um, new people, and the virtues that you really hold to yourself. I think you need to have a sort of sense of ownership over those virtues. Um, and I think Cambridge really gave me that. And I've always been very grateful to Cambridge for that. Um, and so it just, it really helps you sort of navigate you who you are. Uh, throughout those first few years of college. Good morning, everyone. I'm Ben Gingrich. I graduated 2021 as well. Currently, I'm at the U.S. Coast Guard Academy in my third year now. Uh, so, yeah, I so the virtual education is like especially relevant at the Coast Guard Academy because like the main thing that they try to drive into you over the four years that you're there are the core values of the Coast Guard. And like the whole first year is dedicated toward getting you to just align to those core values. And when I showed up, I, I was basically already there. And so I think it just made it a lot easier for me to, to explain to the other people that I was there with why certain things were important. That moral reasoning was already there. And going through those different scenarios, it was, it was very easy to sort of adapt to an environment where the highest degree of like moral judgment is required. And so, and then it was also easier when I was a cadre, I was instructing um, the new recruits. That's what happens when you're, when you get past your first two years that summer, then you come back and you instruct the new recruits that are coming. And again, it was just very easy for me to articulate why the core values are important and the reasoning behind it. So it was pretty easy to adapt. Great. This is my favorite question. <clears throat> Do you miss school uniforms? <laughs> Anyone want to take that? <laughs> All right, we can move on. That was a joke. <laughs> I mean, I have a uniform now, <laughs> thanks to Costco. <laughs> does, uh, does the workload at Cambridge pay off in college? Are you, uh, and this is kind of a follow-up, are you glad or proud to be a Cambridge graduate? They're somewhat related there. So first, workload at Cambridge, does it pay off in college? And then, are you glad or proud to be a Cambridge graduate? Hello, uh, I'm Axel Yoder. I graduated from Cambridge in 2023, and I'm currently a uh, freshman at Kansas State University, uh, and I'm, uh, my major is mechanical engineering. And I think the workload at Cambridge definitely paid off. I think uh, in college, there's a there's a pretty hefty workload there, especially with engineering, a lot of math homework, a lot of science homework. And I think the, the, the grind that is Cambridge sometimes was extremely helpful. Uh, I knew how to just put my head down and work and get the, 
get the work done and, you know, have and not only get it done, but retain the information in my brain. I think Cambridge was also really good at that. I knew how to learn and how to keep it and then how to use the information and connect it with everything else. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm definitely a, a proud Cambridge graduate because of that. Um, I'm really happy that I have the, the skills and tools I have that Cambridge gave me for college. And I think the flip side to what Axel is saying is that Cambridge isn't just an institution that cares about trying to like get the most work and intelligence out of you possible. I think it's a place that really cares about making you a smart person, but also like a good person. And so they really care about making sure that as you're doing all this work and stuff like that, that you as a person are also being taken care of, kind of like what Jasmine was mentioning a little bit earlier. And so even though there is like work sometimes, I think what the biggest skill that Cambridge had to offer was that you learn how to do work and how to take care of yourself and other people. And so I think that was a really big deal because that's something that I think is you don't get as much of in other places. Sometimes it's a lot of, like it's just a lot of work um, or they don't focus enough on work. And I feel like what Cambridge did was a good balance of helping you focus on work and focus on life. Um, and so to Axel's point, I think it was not just helpful in focusing on school and doing schoolwork. It was helpful for navigating like life that is in college. Like you have a lot of different things going on. And I think what Cambridge did was help you kind of balance all of those really well. Great. Uh, some of the questions from the students are they're concerned about social issues. So um, I'm mean, not social issues. What I was saying. <laughs> Some of the questions from the students have been concerned around uh, you guys hanging out with friends and having a good time. And I was wondering if any of you, uh, if it was difficult to go from such a small environment to a large environment or how it was socially for you in college. And if, if anyone who's, who's been quiet wants to take that, that'd be great. <laughs> um, all right, I guess I'll bite. Um, hello, I'm Haley Holm. I graduated from Cambridge in 2018, and I'm a graduate from the University of Richmond. I graduated in 2022, and um, I majored in rhetoric and communications, minored in philosophy and bio, and I am currently attending um, the University of San Diego School of Law, and I'm in my second year. Sorry, long introduction. Um, so... Socially, as many of the people on this panel might be able to tell you, I don't think I was particularly like, I wouldn't describe myself as an extrovert, pretty introverted. Um, I like to keep to myself and I like to do things that I can do by myself. But, you know, being at Cambridge, being in a small environment, being in a class of a seven people, you inevitably will have to be able to talk to other people. You inevitably get to know all of the good and bad parts of all of your classmates, of all of your peers, of all of the people who um, are in the classes above and um, below you as well. There's a lot of integration there. And so, and I think that really came in handy when attending college and now in a, attending um, law school, because I was able to communicate and connect with people that I would normally not be able to connect and resonate with. There is, um, there's an ability to be social and to make connections with others that may be like, you know, being naturally introverted, I wouldn't have been able to explore had I not been in a nurturing environment like Cambridge. So on that side of the, of the social aspect, I don't think um, it was as much of a problem as I had originally worried when I moved from Cambridge to Richmond. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Nick Helge. I graduated from Cambridge in... 2019. Um, Jasmine was a classmate of mine, so that's helpful. Um, I am currently uh, a graduate of 
Loyola University of Chicago um, as of a year ago. Um, and I had a major in marketing communications and then a minor in photography. So um, a hodgepodge of things. But um, what my experience going from a school of um, hundreds to a school of thousands was I felt like it was easy to make friends. There's no, there's no issue in as far as the amount of people that you can interact with. It's, it's endless at that level. Um, but the struggle that I consistently had was making friends that you could rely on consistently um, and have deep um, and meaningful connections, conversations with um, at a variety of levels, whether that be intellectually, um, spiritually, and emotionally. Um, being in a class of 12 um, and having that class be together for years at a time, it's easy over that course of time to, you know, rub shoulders, um, fight with each other, um, but also find aspects in which you love each other where you can um, kind of bridge gaps and be friends with people that you, you know, had no idea that you could be um, friends with. So I would say that, again, when you go from a small to a large school, it's, you're going to interact with a lot more people. So naturally there's going to be, um, you're going to have more friends, but, um, I'd say that Cambridge taught me to kind of value, um, deeper connections, deeper friendships, um, and know how to find those things in other people. Um, and so going from that school, I found a similar group sized five to 12, um, in a school of thousands of people. Um, and those are the people that I had, um, did college with and continue to stay friends with. And, um, I continue to stay friends with the people from high school. So, um, I think that that is the, the key, key aspect of, of, um, going from a school of, of this size to something much larger. I think only a few of you have studied abroad. So this question is for, for you, friends. Uh, if you've studied abroad, what was the, that experience like? Any advantages or disadvantages? Can you share some of your experiences there? I think Jack and Nathan, Stephen, maybe if you, you can start, Stephen, and, uh, and if anyone else that I don't know. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Stephen Priest. I graduated in 2020. I'm at Baylor University in my fourth year. I'm studying math, philosophy, and linguistics. So one STEM thing, one humanities thing, and one that's sort of somewhere in the middle. Um, I studied abroad in the first semester, the fall of my junior year. And I went to Oxford University to study math and philosophy there. Um, overall, it was probably... Um, it was a very difficult experience because they do things differently there and they're much more advanced than your average American university. Um, it's because the last year of high school in the UK is basically your first year of college there. So most college students start at an advanced level already. And so everything else is just that much more accelerated in their college program. Um, and that was not something that I was prepared for. And I say that specifically relating to my college experience and not to Cambridge. What Cambridge gave me was tools to try and understand what was going on, to figure out what I didn't understand and what I needed to learn, what I, how I needed to research the things that I wasn't getting. So I just came back from my semester abroad in Denmark. I was in Copenhagen. And I think, you know, not to be overly dramatic, but when you study abroad, you kind of voluntarily uproot your entire life. Um, you're in a new place that's unfamiliar with people you don't know. 
um, maybe in a language that you don't speak. And so you have four months to sort of ground yourself, um, you know, make it your own and kind of get the best out of it. And again, going back to the whole virtue thing, I think Cambridge really helped me kind of navigate that, um, kind of finding the parts of myself that would stick around through my time in Copenhagen um, while also making new friends and learning new things. And I think another big part was I had to take Danish there. It was part of my, my college's curriculum. And not a lot of people had to take mandatory Latin and Chinese for seven years. So language class was a little bit easier for me um, than it was for other people. And I definitely felt that advantage. Um, so it made me a lot more comfortable with learning a language. Um, but yeah, it's, it was definitely a very unique experience that I think I, I took a lot from. Uh, my study abroad experience was a little bit different than Jack and Stevens. Um, over the summer, I was through the honors program that I am in, I had to do an international internship abroad. So I actually spent my entire summer in Croatia working at um, Coffee Roaster, doing business operations and analyst work. Um, and I think it was a wonderful experience. And I think where Cambridge really came into play was similar to what Jack said, was kind of like the virtues that we've learned here. And those really stuck around and helped me make good decisions and keep me away from bad decisions. Um, and I additionally, I think the work ethic as well as the mentorship that I got from Cambridge carried over to while I was in Croatia, where I made really good mentors, my boss in Croatia, as well as some of my professors that were out there in Croatia, um, have become lifelong mentors there. Um, and just working in a new environment, I think the Cambridge work ethic has helped me just figure out what I need to do, the right questions to ask, um, and how to do it well. Um, but overall, it was a great experience. I would totally recommend it. Um, I'll also be going abroad this fall again um, to Korea. So come back again to hear all about that. <laughs> um, I'd love to hear from a couple of our friends who haven't spoken up yet. And Victoria, I think I'll just ask you a specific question, if that's okay. My question would be, uh, and thinking from a student's perspective, what are the, some of the things um, that you either uh, learned in rhetoric school or things you would have liked to have spent more time in that would have impacted your current situation better? Does that make sense? Okay. Hi, I'm Victoria Huen. I graduated from Cambridge in 2013. 2023, geez, sorry. <laughs> I am currently a freshman at St. John's College studying philosophy in the history of math and science. It's kind of related to the virtue education question that we talked about a little bit, in that I remember in 12th grade learning or asking the question in class, if truth is formational, then what? Um, I think that really impacted a lot of my friendships or a lot of what I wanted to get out of class because I didn't read just for the sake of discussing, but also for the sake of seeing how my education could impact me as a person. Um, and so just having that idea thrown out to me in 12th grade was helpful in setting me up for um, getting more out of my first semester at least. Um, and it's something I'd like to continue thinking about in my second semester and beyond. Um, 
a thing that I wish I would have leaned into more is when I came to the part in my studying when I can either like really memorize something or satisfy my curiosities more, I think I should have chosen the latter option more often. And maybe that would have meant me failing more in high school. But although like the two aren't mutually exclusive, you don't have to satisfy your curiosity at the expense of success, whatever that means. <laughs> um, so I think I should have taking the time to satisfy my curiosities more. Um, and through that, learn better how I study because those skills are very important in college because everything is very, um, you're, you're more self-sufficient and you have to know yourself in that way better. Uh, hi, my name is Brandon Hom. I graduated from Cambridge in 2023. <clears throat> I'm currently a freshman at the George Washington University in Washington, DC. And uh, I'm hoping to graduate with a degree in economics and public policy. I would say that one thing that, uh, that I learned a lot during my rare school experience was the ability to write well. I think that's a, that's a very valuable skill that is extremely I guess it's extremely underestimated, especially in college, because there's a lot of people there that just can't write well, unfortunately. I just, <laughs> I, I, just I just think of some examples because I by no means am the strongest writer. I think you can ask a lot of my classmates, you can ask my sister, she will tell you that especially. <laughs> but I think being able to write well has been extremely helpful because I've been in a lot of situations where I've had classmates, I've had my roommate who said, hey, will you, uh, are you willing to edit my paper for me or just look over it? And I've said, okay, sure, like I'll help you out in whatever way I can. And what I figured out was that it wasn't really that good. So <laughs> it's like, so I feel that what Cambridge does very well is it, it teaches you how to write well, it teaches you how to formulate, formulate arguments very well, and it teaches you how to explain your ideas well. And I think that's something that, Cambridge, that only Cambridge could have taught me, uh, especially in order to prepare me for my classes. Sorry, I'm just going to jump in really briefly. Um, disregard anything he said about me. <laughs> Obviously, he cannot be trusted. Um, <laughs> no, I think that's a great thing, though. I think that there's definitely merit in the ability to write well, formulate arguments, but I want to take that a step further and also just talk briefly about senior thesis, um, speech and debate, and basically, I mean, a lot of classes at Cambridge that have students, you know, give oral presentations um, or otherwise stand up in front of class and give speeches. Any of those types of skills are so useful because there are a lot of people that I saw at at my undergrad experience, and now even in law school, who cannot write a speech, who cannot present clearly and concisely what they need to communicate. And that's something that's especially prominent that I've been seeing in my last couple of years at law school. Um, because when you're doing arguments in front of your professor who's acting as the judge for your class, and they're going to be pitching questions at you, and if you can't articulate that material concisely in the time allotted, then you would be losing your case. Um, you would be losing that competition or in the greater in the greater world, you know, you, not, you might not be able to, to win your cases. So I think that was a skill that I didn't appreciate until I started seeing um, the comparisons at 
college and at grad school, how there's a discrepancy there and just being able to speak well and um, perform well in that regard is really important. I want to keep that question going to other people. Um, so the skills that you're learning in rhetoric and senior thesis, I would love to know how that transfers into college. And again, I'm giving you a pass to, to brag a little bit. Go for it. So I wanted to follow up on this idea briefly. Um, maybe I'll take it in a slightly different direction and people can come back to the senior thesis idea in a second. But um, I told you I'm studying math and I related my woes of not being prepared for Oxford math. Um, I think one of the things I've learned in my time doing math is that it feels upper level math when you start getting into proofs and the really advanced abstract ideas with so many terms and so many definitions and so many difficult proofs that you have to know how to do. Um, it still is something that I've benefited from knowing how to write well. Um, making a mathematical proof is making an argument. And the skills that you learn in argumentation carry over. Um, yes, there's a lot of definitions that you have to memorize and understand. How do you understand them? With the same tools that you understand logic and argumentation. Um, how do you put them together in a way that gets you from your premises to the conclusion you're trying to prove? Well, there's lots of ways you could do it. Finding the best way or multiple good ways is trying to form a good argument. It requires the skills of invention, which is one of the canons of rhetoric, um, to be able to navigate fluently between the different definitions you've learned. Um, in other words, it takes creativity. It takes the skills that you learn in classes outside of math as well as in math. Um, and that's something that I think I benefited strongly from even at Oxford, where I wasn't prepared for the level of math they were doing. Um, I ended up writing a paper after I came back from Oxford to sort of finish the class out because there was a double class and the credits were weird. But um, writing that paper, I got to basically sit down for an entire week and dig into a single... I was, I was writing about another paper, and so I dug into that single paper for a week, understanding it in more detail than I've ever understood anything. And by the end, I was actually able to strengthen the theorem that was in that uh, paper that I was writing about, um, because I understood it in such detail that I wrote this paper, and the tutor that I was writing it for at Oxford gave me the highest marks that they can give a student at Oxford um, for that paper. So skills in writing, skills in understanding math, they're similar, they're related, and we teach them here at Cambridge. Yeah, I think my rhetoric education um, pretty directly translated to my college education because I was a communications major. Um, and so right after my I took my like freshman 101 course, I was asked to be a TA for that class, which was such a great opportunity because I got to grow really close with the communications chair. Um, and she really helped me prepare for interviews after college as well and wrote my recommendation letters. Um, and so I'm really grateful for that. But I think, um, yeah, we're all talking about writing and speaking well. And it's not just that we have the tools to um, kind of format a paper or a speech in the right way. It's that literature and rhetoric really taught us empathy, um, which I think is why so many of us um, have been seen as strong writers after college um, or in, in and after college. Um, like my job now is a lot of writing. And if you knew me in high school, you know that I really hated writing and it's kind of shocking that that's what I do for work now. Um, but I 
yeah, I love, I don't know, this is a weird thing to say. I really enjoy writing emails. Most people hate writing emails <laughs> because I'm always thinking about um, what argument am I trying to get across? Um, but also like, how are people reading this? What ethos does this give for Gordon College or for whatever client I might be working with? Um, and yeah, and when you view emails in that way, um, about knowing your audience well and viewing them as people and your information as valuable as of worthy of being shared, then writing emails is a little less dreary. So <laughs> I'm really grateful for that. Um, we're, we're almost to the, to the parent questions. Those are all student questions. Uh, I would be interested in knowing um, some career path. Uh, that's the question here is what, what career path are you considering? And so maybe we could just go down the line real quick and just go through so we can kind of get a, hear, hear the, the various career paths. Um, yeah, so I actually have been working for the past year at an ad agency um, in Chicago, and I just moved back here um, to pursue something in a similar field. So I've um, been working in an ad agency. My majors are all very abstract, so I could very well see myself going to grad school. Um, learning them in greater depth and then teaching them eventually. Um, yeah. Hopefully law. I want to say really. Yeah, that's, that's the hope. Um, IP, I like intellectual property, so hopefully be an IP attorney at some point. Um, in college, I did AI research in a lab at school, and now I run my own AI company, actually. So not only do I work in communications, I'm also a designer. Um, I love graphic design, hoping to kind of dive into UX design a bit. Um, but I'm also looking forward to having a flexible job when I might be a homemaker one day. <laughs> Teaching. <laughs> at Cambridge School. <laughs> Um, hopefully architecture and being an architect, but specifically, although it changes every day, like in the healthcare realm, designing hospitals and uh, like facilities for people with disabilities. Psychology is pretty broadly applicable, I think, so I'm still exploring my options. Um, but hopefully something in maybe clinical sports psychology, which would, I think, require um, graduate school. So also looking into that. So I kind of have to be a Coast Guard officer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which I'm very excited for. Uh, I'll probably go afloat for my first tour. Um, I'm not sure exactly where or what I'll be doing, but driving ships. <laughs> uh, on top of my degree in mechanical engineering, I'm planning on getting my master's in business. So I'm probably going to be working at a mechanical engineering firm for a few years, and then I'm planning on starting my own. Yeah, after I get my public health degree, I plan on going to physician assistant school. Um, I'm striving for a career in healthcare administration, and I would love to work in HR. Uh, I don't really know what I want to do, uh, but right now I have a job for my college. I work in the alumni office, and I do event planning for them. So I want to credit a lot of my leadership experience here to that, and I've actually really enjoyed event planning. So we'll see where that goes. I also don't know. I don't want that to come off as an unthoughtful answer, but um, yeah. <laughs> Same. I have no idea what I'm going to be doing. I still need to figure out what I'm going to be majoring in in college. To be an economist or work for a think tank and hopefully, maybe one day, God willing, uh, be the Federal Reserve Chairman. <laughs> um, hi. 
Hi, I know I'm the last introduction, so I'll just briefly introduce myself. Um, I'm Rachel Liu. I graduated from Cambridge in 2021, and I currently attend UCLA, double majoring in Greek and Latin, that's one major, and anthropology. Um, and I think prospectively, I would like to pursue a career in teaching. I'm not just saying that because uh, I don't know what else to do with my humanities major, but I really do think teaching is a very noble pursuit um, and I think it is a need uh, in this society. So that is what I would like to pursue. Um, I'm still figuring out what I want to do, but I think right out of college, I'd like to pursue management consulting and then uh, attend business school. The, the, the parent questions kind of turned into three separate sections. One was college preparedness. One was the impact on your soul in your new environment. And then finally, the Cambridge experience. So I'm just going to ask a couple of those questions because I don't want to keep you all too long. Um, but let's go with college preparedness. Uh, we heard a lot of talk about rhetoric and humanities, and, and that can be sometimes... Um, uh, misunderstanding of just the total focus of a classical Christian school. So how do you think Cambridge uh, does in preparing students uh, for STEM pursuits? So maybe some of our STEM uh, majors could, could answer that question. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of times classical Christian education, maybe Cambridge in particular, gets a reputation for being humanities oriented because the great books thing is maybe the most externally obvious difference between Cambridge and other types of education. Um, but I think what really makes Cambridge different is the fact that it's in the business of teaching critical thinking skills. And that, I think, is very applicable across STEM and humanities, no matter what you study. And I think the reason for that, kind of being on the other side of college and now working in the AI space, is that the world moves so quickly. And so knowing specific things doesn't really help you. Um, knowing how to think about the new things that are coming about and how to adapt to them, I think is much more important. And I think there are two really obvious ways that I kind of saw this play out in my own life. One was in school in particular. So I went to school, I studied economics. Economics at the University of Chicago was kind of notorious among students for being just very quantitative. Um, it was only a few classes away from being computer science, stats, or math. So there was a lot of very STEMI stuff involved with economics um, classes that I was in. And I think what you realize is I had a lot of friends who would come into college who went to top schools, who went to Andover, who went to Exeter, who did all that type of stuff and took all of the AP classes and did all of that. And they come into college and we cover all of that in the first like week or two weeks of classes. So taking more high school level classes doesn't really help you like in the pursuit of STEM. And so I think that's kind of one thing to kind of keep in mind when it comes to thinking about this type of stuff. Um, and so what becomes a lot more important at that, at that point is being really good at thinking about the new things that you're kind of given um, in the STEM field. And so that means having a really good understanding of the fundamentals of how math works, um, of things like that, because everything turns into much more mathy, much more proofy, as Stephen was kind of saying, types of problems. So being able to argue your way through math and do proofs and really explain what's going on is a much more important skill than getting through, you know, the extra few APs in high school or whatever that might be. And so on that level, I think the critical thinking skills that Cambridge teaches generally are very applicable in the STEM field. Secondly, I think is in regard to like work in particular. So right now I, I started my own AI company um, and in college I did AI research, 
but I didn't study AI. I think the reason that I was able to be successful was largely because of this whole critical thinking skill. Because if you go deep into any field, what you realize pretty quickly is that there's way too much specific knowledge out there for you to know. So whether that was doing economics research, whether that was working in a lab that was doing AI research to develop like new techniques to monitor neuropsychiatric symptoms in patients with neurodegenerative conditions, which I spent a lot of time doing in college, there's way too much stuff to know. And so knowing more stuff doesn't really help you. It's being able to think really critically about those things that matters a whole lot more. And so that's how I was able to find the right opportunities to do research and then to eventually translate those research skills into starting my own um, like venture capital backed company. Now it's been backed by Microsoft and a bunch of other venture capital firms in Silicon Valley. Um, It's been really exciting. And I think all of that is only possible. And I was able to take my knowledge further than a lot of my friends who ended up majoring in computer science and majoring in a lot of these STEM fields in particular, because I have this critical thinking ability. um, And that I largely attribute to Cambridge. I don't know if you can hear. Sorry. Um, Slightly pigging back off of that in a way less articulate way. Um, (laughs) um, But specifically about the idea of research um, at Hillsdale um, in the biology department, you are required to do research to graduate, which is not something I was initially excited about. Um, this is slightly unconventional, but I'm not looking to go to med school or go into research, which I think most people would expect of somebody in a biology major. Um, but having the opportunity presented to you, however mandatory it technically is, um, I think getting to evaluate and reflect back on all the biology classes that you have had and also physics and statistics and chemistry classes, um, there's a sort of liberal arts within science. Um, but I think having the opportunity to do research cultivates a sense of curiosity and passion and interest um, that starts at a place like Cambridge. Um, I think having a diverse um, curriculum, getting to expose students to a whole variety of subjects sort of begins that. Um, and then in college, when you sort of narrow that down into a career or just an area of study that you are interested in, um, having the opportunity to dive pretty much as deep as possible as you can, um, work as closely as you can with one specific mentor or group of professors, um, and just explore and think critically um, and write well about all of those is sort of a culmination of what the Cambridge education is, specifically in one area like research. So, In what aspects were you better prepared than your college peers? So take a second and, and be, it's, it's going to be a tricky question to answer, right? And not seem, sound like a jerk. Um, but <laughs> how do you, maybe some examples of ways that you interacted with, with peers that you, you felt way more prepared. Yeah, I think I felt a lot more prepared to handle discussion-based classes than my peers at college. A lot of my major classes are very discussion-based and a large portion of your grade is like your participation in those um, class discussions. And I think because I, like that's the kind of classes I was used to at Cambridge, I had like no issues being bold or confident and like potentially like being wrong or saying something that maybe sounds kind of dumb, but like, I felt comfortable in those kind of scenarios and you're going to come across that a lot in college, no matter what. And people want to hear your thoughts. And even if you don't think that they're good, they're probably good. And I think the confidence that I had in those scenarios has really helped me a lot Um, above my classmates. I don't have like this, like looming anxiety about like just going to class thinking that I might have to talk to people. It's actually a environment that I find that I thrive in and actually enjoy instead. 
Yeah, I'll jump in. Um, I think kind of going off of what Claire was saying too, I think, and maybe even going back to the virtue topic as well, the idea of being open-minded is really important when you go to college. And I think even beyond that as well, I think that's one of the greatest things that we're taught here. I think we're surround, we're lucky to be surrounded by a lot of like-minded individuals here and are taught by a lot of like-minded individuals as well. And so it is helpful to be surrounded by that kind of community in those formational experiences, especially early on. But I think... Um, um, going to UC Berkeley, it was definitely a jump. I think one of my largest class, I went from a class size of seven. And then one of my intro classes was 2,500 kids um, going to school. And so that was definitely a crazy jump. Um, and just being in that environment, there are definitely going to be a lot of different minds, a lot of different perspectives, a lot of different opinions. I think it's not a secret that Berkeley has been called berserkly. Um, on a multiple occasions. Um, I was warned going to Berkeley that it could be dangerous for me as well. Um, and so I was a little hesitant to go. Um, but I realized that, again, maybe some of the core values that um, everyone was talking about earlier really stuck with me. And I, one of the ideas of being open-minded also really stuck with me because I think a lot of people um, are praised for sharing their opinions, but not, not a lot of people are praised for or recognized for just listening well um, and listening to different perspectives that are presented. And so I think there's a lot of noise when you go to college. And I think a lot of people aren't necessarily aware of that. So being able to navigate that noise, to be able to listen and then respond winsomely to everything um, that you hear, right? So it's not just about trying to convince someone of your argument, no matter how well thought out it is, um, but also being able to um, winsomely being able to just be in conversation with them, right? Not arguing back with them, not trying to convince them that your side is the best, but just being in conversation with them, knowing that, hey, we're all human. We all deserve to be here. We all deserve to be heard. Um, and that open-mindedness and the ability to be taught from a bunch of different perspectives, whether that was from our literature classes, our history classes, even our science classes as well, I think was really helpful going into school. And I think definitely helped ma me navigate a lot of the noise that Berkeley seemed to throw at me. I think uh, one thing that has I've seen from my classmates that I feel like I'm different from is like the ability to discern what is good and true and beautiful. <laughs> um, I think there's, in architecture especially, there's a lot of like flashy things you can do. Like, oh, I'm going to put this here because it looks so cool and I'm going to put this and this. But truly understanding like the why behind what you're doing that and being able to connect ideas to physical things I think is so important and I think it's lacking in some of my classmates because they weren't conditioned to, in classical education to connect and to discern and to find what is um, good and true. I would also say that those same things are true even at a small Christian classical college that is very similar to Cambridge. A lot of my classmates have gone to classical Christian high schools. A lot of them go through classical conversations, um, the homeschool group. So a lot of people have by name the same type of education that I have had. And I think how I have found myself slightly different um, is the why behind my education. Like, why, why am I even learning about Aristotle and Plato? Is it because it's impressive or people think it's cool of me? Or is it because that it can actually shape and change 
the way that I think and live my life today. And so I, I have had professors uh, appreciate the questions that I ask because it's, it's more reflective on the type of person that I want to be rather than how people are viewing me in terms of like status or the things that I know rather than the quality of knowledge and how that is reflective of who I am and how I want to live my life. So I, I really think that Cambridge helped me think of education that way rather as, oh, I, I went to a classical Christian school. Like, I don't know, I, I could wear a chip on my shoulder kind of approach. Um, but yeah, the open-mindedness, the thoughtfulness, the creativity, wanting to find the good, the, the true and the beautiful, not because it's the fancy thing or it's, it's flashy or impressive, but because it means something and it, it changes how you live, it changes how you treat others and it changes how you view yourself. And so I guess just the why of wh why do I do classical education? Why did I continue it? And why did my parents bring me here in the first place? <laughs> yeah. Um, just adding on to that, obviously we'd go to the same college, um, but I think the importance of being committed to and involved in such a mission-driven community is something that I didn't really recognize until I went to college, and I don't know how much this sets me apart or makes me distinct from my peers. Um, I think going at a place like Cambridge, you don't really understand it until you interact with, okay, what does our mission statement mean? Actually knowing what it is and things like that and talking about it um, in your house or in your classes. Um, I think being able to discern what your values are and launching into college, being able to find people who share your values, um, whether or not, you know, your school is very proud of their mission state as a whole, mission statement as a whole, um, or whether you throw yourself into smaller groups like Greek life or social clubs um, who share the same values as you. So I think being able to discern what it is that you value, why you value those things, and knowing how to find people who are like that and will push you, um, not only like closing yourself into another bubble, um, but again, being open-minded and empathetic about people who might come from the same background as you would still see things differently. So, yeah. Great. Uh, let's move on to the impact on your soul in your new environment. Um, have you been able to find a, a church or a community, uh, a Christian community that, that, that's been able to help you thrive in your spiritual life? Um, yes, so at UCLA, I am a part of Asian American Christian Fellowship, or AACF, and one of the four churches that we offer rides to is named Community Christian Alliance Church, or CCAC, and um, one of the things that we always talk about in AACF is that the fellowship is not a church itself, and we always strive to find our local church that we can grow in and like attend regularly and just be a part of the community there. And so um, some of the ways that um, I myself or some of my friends have been serving in church, there's the children's ministry, there's worship team. And um, recently I also, uh, I found a discipler uh, at my church. And so that is something that I have really been a relationship I really want to lean in more as the new year approaches because we haven't started yet. But um, yes, I highly encourage like finding a mentor at the local church over finding like, I don't know, this is just my personal take, but maybe not so much mentors like at college spiritually, but I would rather have someone at a local church who like is a little 
more experienced who has seen and lived beyond college. Um, and so just finding a mentor who could um, help you spiritually and like answer your questions or just like walk alongside you in your faith. I think that is one of the most foundational things that uh, I have been looking to improve in myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went to a Christian college and I think it's people assume that because you go to a Christian college, you um, will automatically get plugged into Christian community. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I'm it's certainly easier, um, but I think it's also easier to forego going to church because you have things like chapel or like discipleship groups on campus that are available to you. Um, but I, yeah, just what Rachel was saying, I do really want to emphasize like finding like a home church is really important um, and like building a community beyond the walls of college and beyond campus. Um because yeah, you're gonna be with mainly people your age and then see your professors during class or office hours. Um, but being a part of like a multi-generational church um, really helps you keep things in perspective. Um, like I was saying about like having anxiety, all, like something that's so helpful for me is to constantly like check in with other people who, um, who can see beyond the one paper that I'm working on. Um, and then even now, um, so Sam, my husband went to UC Berkeley as well, and he found Resurrection Oakland through um, RUF um, Campus Fellowship. And uh, we moved to Oakland because of that church and because of the community he has there. And that church has been not only transformational for us individually and for our faith, but also like in supporting our marriage and um, just who we are in our life together there. Like all, most of our friends are from there. And um, I'm someone who like didn't love going to church growing up. And now I like really look forward to every, to it every Sunday and our community group. Um, and yeah, I'm just really, really grateful um, to have developed this, the skills at Cambridge to think about what kind of church I want to go to and what kind of life I want to lead and what kind of person I want to be. Yeah, I kind of have, I feel like a semi-unique experience in my church search in my like freshman year of college. So I go to college in Nashville, Tennessee. And so I'm in like the smack dab middle of the Bible Belt. And it was really interesting just to like in the first couple weeks of my freshman year of college, just to see what like kind of churches people were going to. And I was just hopping around all the time and just seeing what people liked and something that um, appeared to me very quickly is that um, a lot of people around me had a very strong faith and they very much so identified themselves like as a Christian that was like kind of their only personality trait. But what like when it came down to it, their faith was not very thoughtful and that troubled me a lot. And I think a lot of the Bible education that I've had at Cambridge and a lot of advice that I've had from teachers here have really like guided me in finding a place where like my faith can grow spiritually, but also in a way that like, I feel like I'm fed like theologically. And that was something that wasn't necessarily easy in my environment, but I kind of similar to Sam and Jasmine, I also go to RUF at my college and I found great mentors there and have been connected to so many great churches there. And uh, the resources at your college are there for you even if you don't go to a Christian college. It's certainly easier if you do, but it's not anything that's forced upon you most of the time. And it really is a choice that you make, but it, you have the resources to make those choices that you want and to feed your soul spiritually the way that you want to. And Cambridge gave me a lot of those tools to do that. 
Um, yeah, this is a bit of a weird answer. I think more geared towards how it helped me spiritually, how Cambridge helped me spiritually. Um, I've kind of slacked off in the finding a church department, but um, I've, as someone who kind of maybe once or twice openly flamed theology and apologetics classes for not being uh, practically applicable, I've actually found that it it's helped me a lot in engaging with other people, um, especially in my school and actually a lot in my semester abroad. Um, I found that there's a lot of opportunities to sort of engage with people who either are not of the faith um, or who have sort of just decided that it's not for them. And the one thing that I really took away from my apologetic class in junior year um, was that you really have to go at it with an approach of understanding where the other person is coming from. And one thing that I've really learned is how many people were really just hurt by the faith, I think. And so I've engaged with a lot of people where I've been able to kind of be that voice that's a little, maybe less judgmental from, um, compared to what they've experienced and really talk them through my experience with faith, uh, which has been a very positive one. And I think Cambridge really gave me the tools to not only be a partaker in sort of spiritual um, enlightenment and like faith and religion, but also someone who helps other people engage with that. Um, and that's been a really enriching experience for me to sort of feel like I can be sort of a helpful tool uh, in that sense. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so going to Berkeley, obviously, it's a pretty known to be a pretty secular school. Um, I think I also had a pretty unique experience. My dad is um, a pastor, um, and so he obviously has a lot of connections. And so early on, that definitely helped. And he made it, uh, he and my mom both made it a priority to say that, hey, if anything else, we really just want you to find a good community. And we want you to find a good church because I think that'll really help you. And so early on, him helping me in that connection and those searches um, was really helpful. And I think just being able to also take ownership of that while I was there was also pretty cool. Um, I think I will say though, that one thing that definitely helped me throughout college, especially in the aspect of church was service. Um, I think that school oftentimes we're reminded that our job is to be a student. Um, and I think a lot of the times that can get in the way of other opportunities that we can take. Um, and I think being able to, for once, not just focus on ourselves, but focus on the larger community through service from our churches was really helpful. So throughout my four years at school, um, I served in multiple different ways in my church community. I was part of FICB, which is Fellowship in Christ Berkeley. Um, and yeah, it was such an enriching experience to um, once or twice a week, just not think about myself, um, think about others, again, being open-minded, listening to others, being empathetic, um, and just kind of being a struggle buddy for other people that were there as well. Um, so many people at my home church here were like, oh, you're going you're gonna to be stoned up there. You're going to be burned at the stake for your faith. Don't come back and lose who you are. And I was like, Oh, thank you. Um, I was like, mom and dad, are we making the right decision to go all the way, all the way over there? Um, and yeah, I think my faith really definitely um, or characterized a lot of who I am and what type of person I was at school because I wasn't just a student. I wasn't just a graduate of UC Berkeley, but I was also a friend. I was also a sister in Christ. I was also a servant of the church. And so I think also that perspective helped a lot. Um, so I would really encourage finding opportunities to serve at church because just being other oriented really changes the way, um, that you operate. Um, and it just really makes you grateful and more, um, yeah, just more thankful for every opportunity that you have. 
Yeah, I know a lot of people have talked about faith. Um, and I feel like it's really hard to underscore what a good job Cambridge does in terms of cultivating that faith. Because I think there are a lot of levels that it happens on. One is like an actual belief level, like what you believe. And I think the other level is um, getting a really good understanding of why you believe what you do. Um, and I feel like especially, I felt like in my life in particular, both of those aspects have been really important because it can be really easy to find reasons to not go to church um, and not practice being a Christian and all of that type of stuff. And so having the background from Cambridge to like having gotten to see people who are really good Christians, have them as mentors and teachers and things like that. Um, and to have really gotten to dive into a lot of the, the arguments and the justifications um, on like a strictly logical level for why, um, why I believe what I do. Those things have been really helpful for keeping me, I feel like, um, in the faith, especially, and I'm sure it's true of, of a lot of people, like there are lots of reasons that, that you could choose to leave for whatever. Um, and I feel like, especially in college, you no longer have a lot of the structure that kind of makes being a Christian a little easier when you're at home and stuff like that. Um, so I feel like it's really, it's really something that's valuable and it's hard to, to really pinpoint or articulate why, um, it's done so well at Cambridge, but I really think it does come down to like those two things broadly, like just teaching you why, um, like being able to articulate, um, your faith and then really getting to see what it's like to be a believer, um, through really good mentors and, uh, examples at school. Um, I guess just along those same lines, my parents in preparation for sending me to college made it a goal of theirs to express their why of why is Christianity something important to them. And, and I totally understand that not everyone has that opportunity. And so there's great, prof uh, not professors, there's great um, teachers here that will also share their why. But just like as you think about sending your kid to college and if Christianity is something that you value and want your kids to also value, um, helping them see like, wh what does it mean for their life? How how can it impact them? Um, is it is it just just reading the Bible or is it just going to church on Sundays or whatever it might look look like for you and your family? But that was just something that my parents did. And then some of my my teachers here did. And so I still talk to some of my teachers here um, about faith and what that looks like, even going to a Christian school. Um, and so, yeah, again, like what Josh said, the why, but making that intentional between your family, if that's something that you find important. Great. Thank you. I'm going to move on to the, your Cambridge experience here. Um, the, the question is, what co-curriculars activities have you done at Cambridge and outside Cambridge, and did it help you overall? So, or how did it help you overall? So maybe we could do this. If anyone was in like a, <clears throat> a STEM-related co-curricular cybersecurity, could you raise your hand? Or robotics, could you raise your hand? Anyone there? There. Anyone in a sport? Raise your hand. And then anyone in a play or a musical at any time? Okay. So there's lots of hands going up. So we have uh, an expert crew here of how co-curriculars could help. So um, it seems like you've all done some type of co-curricular here at Cambridge. Uh, I'd love to hear how it helped you overall. And then uh, was it challenging then to balance the homework and studies with co-curriculars as well. How, how did you do that? 
I know it's not technically a co-curricular, but I have talked with multiple alumni about this. Um, house leadership was so, so transformative in um, my professional abilities. Um, Emma kind of touched on this with event planning, but just like the ability to organize and to know what your like big rocks or little rocks are. If you don't have kids in leadership, that might not make sense, but <laughs> um, it was just like, it was probably like the most um, practically applicable thing that I used both in college as a, as a leader in various clubs and then now as a working professional. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I kind of want to piggyback off of Jasmine and talk about house leadership because that was like a very transformal, trans, transform, transformative, there we go, transformative <laughs> experience I had at Cambridge. And it surprised me in so many ways and made me grow and ex even more because I think just a lot of life is just working in groups and working with people. And I've not always enjoyed working with people. I'm very independent and I like doing things by myself, but leadership very much so changed me for the better to know like how to communicate well, how to lead a team that like, and how to be a leader that people wanna follow. And Cambridge gave me lots of opportunities in many different prefect roles and, that's like such a Harry Potter word, but like in so many specific roles that I would have never put myself in and I maybe wouldn't have believed myself to like be good in, but the leadership team did. And I had the honor of like being head prefect in my senior year, which is something that like I never thought I would do. And just like being the head of a team and learning like how to take a pulse on a group of people, what people need, how to communicate well, how to care for them, but also make sure that things get done is like a priceless experience. That's going to be so practical for the rest of my career, whether I'm like a head leader or not. Um, switching gears from house specifically um, to maybe sports and other extracurriculars. I think um, maybe this is a common experience for everyone up here, but um, seemingly or looking back, I have no idea how I managed to do anything in high school, like let alone the 80 different activities that happen and then when you're in college you're like oh wait like there's so much time that you have to yourself um so maybe that's similar to everyone else but um on the sports uh front or extracurriculars front um i would say that um being able to play variety of sports um and at a level that's not necessarily very high, but, um, something that you are, that you have access to, um, and you can interact with a lot of different people. Um, but ultimately I think that, um, the sports give you a level of care again for something that you may not be particularly interested in. Um, and it creates a different kind of relationship with the people that you're on the teams with. Um, I, we just played basketball maybe a week ago. Um, with some of the people that like Josh, I played with, um, for many years, but, um, thinking back to all those like memories, things like that, that you cultivate over a, a long period of time, both outside of the classroom and then inside the classroom as well. Um, I think that that gives another dynamic, different kind of relationship that you have with the people around you, um, at school. And so, you know, with, with having extracurriculars as an option and different sports and again, different different things is I'm speaking to sports specifically because that applies to me, but, um, 
Yeah, I think that that's just like another way that, um, again, when you go out into the to the world, it's another way that you interact with people. Um, I've played in men's leagues and different things like that now, and it's something that I continue to do. Um, but I think that Cambridge gives you that you know freedom to explore a lot of different areas. Um, that get, you know, accelerated in college because there's that many more people that you can kind of go find those things. So um, I'd say that, yeah, it's super valuable, super valuable to be able to, to try a lot of different things. My, like, favorite fun fact about myself is that I was a varsity basketball player. And if you look at me, that's like, how is that possible? So I just want to say that. <laughs> Um, I also think um, kind of adding on to Nick's, Nick's point, uh, I think uh, being a part of a team, any sports team, but I think just being a part of any team is so influential because I remember this one memory from basketball, basketball stuck with me for a long time. And that is we were doing like running drills at the end of practice and I wanted to be lazy and I wasn't touching the line all the way, but I was still running it. And the coach called me out for it. And he was like, all right, the whole team has to run more laps because I didn't touch the line. And that that feeling of like letting down my teammates and just like the shame of all that just was like, it really stuck with me. And it taught me that my actions affect others and I need to make sure to do my best in order to, order to make sure that everyone else is at their best. And it, and it really strengthened the bonds between me and my teammates as well because um, they would mess up and... You know, and then I would have to run and then I would get pissed at them too. Um, so I think being a part of a team is just so influential. And um, yeah. Uh, I'm definitely not doing STEM electives any justice considering that I'm economics and public policy. But I'd say my time on the cybersecurity team, uh, it taught me, I think, two big things that I really appreciate. Number one, it gave me a better appreciation and a more interest into the realm of cybersecurity, just because it's such an interesting topic nowadays, especially when you're considering, you know, national security or the emerging role of AI. So that has really caused me to think more about that. And uh, actually, it has caused me to take a class centered around AI for my upcoming semester. But secondly, I think the thing that really stuck with me personally about my time on the cybersecurity team was the idea of perseverance. I think that it was really hard at some points during my freshman year, especially my first finals week. Uh, being able to persevere through that, I think, was a very good thing, honestly, because there, I didn't really... Uh, plan my final schedule that well. So being able to manage all the schoolwork and all the studying and all that stuff, uh, I think that's something, that's a skill that I learned definitely from my time on the cyber team. Great. I, I think we're really close to the end. I'm just going to ask this one more question uh, that can really be opened up to anyone, uh, and then we'll, we'll close this out. But if you were to redo high school at Cambridge... What are one or two things that you would do differently? I think that's an interesting question. Um, one thing that I would really sort of want to redo or do better at least um, is sort of fall in love with the work here. Um, I remember, I think it was after my fall semester of sophomore year of college, 
um, I came home for winter break and I'm a psych major. So a lot of my homework consists of reading research and analysis papers and writing those papers for myself. And just for kicks and giggles, I was like, Oliver, my younger brother, he's a junior here. I was like, Oliver, let me look through your binder and see what you're doing. And so I'm flipping through his horrendously organized binder and I'm seeing his Latin translations and his literature readings. And I was like, wow, like some of this is kind of like like beautiful. And I was like, it's really cool that you're doing this at 16. And then it hit me. I was like, I did that at 16. Um, but I just don't think I had the maturity to really appreciate it. And as someone who's doing a lot of more empirical readings, you don't really work with that kind of beauty as much in college. So I would really just appreciate it for what it was and really fall in love with it and really soak it all in. So, yeah. Yeah, I think there are a few things I wish I had uh, done differently in high school and middle school. Um, I think the first and foremost thing would be that, similar to Jack, just to care more about my education. I think as a kid, I was just too young and too naive to know how great of an education that I was getting. Um, and that I think that often led to me just slacking off or skimming the readings and then not participating in discussions, not really trying in class. So I wish, I think looking back on it, I wish I had tried harder and like Jack, fall in love more with the material and, and engage more with the teachers. Um, what was the other thing I was gonna say? You'll have to come back to me on the other thing. I totally went on. I don't think there's anything necessarily that I would change or do differently just because I think a lot of what I experienced shapes me for who I am now. I think one thing that I would have loved to experience though is that um, Haley, Josh and I were all part of the first graduating class. And so the nature of that is we were always the oldest wherever we were. Um, and as much as that was amazing and an awesome opportunity in and of itself, um, coming back to school and experiencing specifically the house system um, that's full blown now, right? With the seventh through 12th grade classes and having multiple iterations of that, seeing how deeply the, um, especially upperclassmen care for the incoming seventh and eighth graders. It's honestly so cute. Um, and just how, how much they love them. Um, it's just so beautiful to see. I mean, a lot of the times we talk about this mentorship from, um, teachers to students and faculty and stuff like that. But I think just even the mentorship that happens within the grade levels themselves, um, it's so impactful. And I, I teach seventh grade, so I definitely see the way that even their experience as a seventh grader, which I mean, being a 12 year old is hard in and of itself. I get it. Um, I was a 12 year old, but, um, yeah, just seeing that relationship blossom across grades, across ages, across genders, even, um, it's beautiful. And I think that would have been cool to experience. I definitely got to experience that when I went to college, um, being the youngest was a weird experience, right? I was like, Oh my gosh, there are 19 year olds and 20 year olds. And I'm, I'm not just the oldest one here. So that was a cool experience, but I think it would have been interesting to experience in high school, but I don't, I wouldn't take back any of the experiences that I had being part of the, the first graduating class for sure. I think something that like not plagued me, but like I found difficulty with in high school is that as you get older in Cambridge, like you get to like pick more of your electives and just pick more of your classes in general. And a lot of the times I picked my classes 
just based on what was the hardest and what would make me look the most like academically successful. And I was kind of just choosing it to look smart and not because I had like legitimate intellectual curiosity of these subjects that I was like taking very difficult classes in. And I took many of these classes in like the thick of the pandemic and it heavily affected my experience and like how curious I could be about the course material. And so I guess that's more to say like, it's great to be ambitious and it's great to want to achieve, but like that virtue can become excessive and become a vice and don't take hard classes just because you think you should. And just because you think it'll make you look smart among your peers, because it's not that deep and no one cares about that. <laughs> and you will be in so much pain and not learn as well if you're doing it for those reasons and not for the right ones. So if you're somebody who is really going to thrive in a class like AP Calculus and it's going to actually be helpful for your career, please do it. But if it's not, then you don't have to do it. And you're not less smart than any of your peers because you're not doing it. And I wish somebody told me that when I signed up for AP Calculus. <laughs> and some of the hard classes I took were totally worth it. But like sometimes it's okay to not take the most difficult path possible. And that's okay. Okay, I lied. I was going to say that was my last question, but I was like, we shouldn't end on regrets. So <laughs> I was like, that's not, that's not very good. So I, I think we'll end on, a, when do you find yourself most grateful for the Cambridge School uh, now that you're in college? So whether that's in class or with friends or with your family, when do you find yourself most grateful for the Cambridge School? How does that show up? Um, there are two main places where I find myself most grateful to be a Cambridge student. It's uh, one is in the classroom, especially when I work with uh, with other students. Um, I see them. Uh, this is gonna sound. I'm gonna sound like a jerk here, but I see them struggle with something, and I'm like, oh, I've done this in Cambridge already, and I know how to work through this quickly, and I can already see how I'm so far ahead. We're not so far ahead, but pretty far ahead than my other classmates. And then that makes me really, really thankful for getting this education. Uh, like in some of my chem labs, like I'm bleeding my entire table. I mean, my table finishes last, but uh, I'm still, I'm still leading them. Uh, <laughs> um, but the other uh, area that I'm thankful for is when I hang out with uh, some of my friends. Um, I realized that some of my friends from different areas or just from different backgrounds, have very different values from me and very different um, uh, goals in life. They're not all about pursuing, pursuing virtue. Like that kind of aspect, aspect or virtue just in general is not really a part of their life. And um, it's really, sometimes it's kind of sad to see, sometimes it's just really gross. And, um, and that's just another reason why I'm thankful for, for Cambridge. Yeah, I feel like I'm the most grateful for my Cambridge education when I'm having conversations with friends in college. It was those late night conversations with my roommates, my sweet mates, and we just talk about whatever was on our mind. I remember um, my friend Emily and I talked for a long time about baptism and why we viewed it the way that we do. Um, and I was just like recalling things that I learned from when I was 14 in systematic theology. And I was like, well, I know that this church talks about it this way. And like we called her grandma and her grandma had a lot of thoughts about it. And then now post-college, um, just like Sam and I sitting, talking and talking with friends at community group, um, just the ability to 
not just to share what, not just to like say what I've learned just to say it and to look cool, but to bring other people into what I've had the privilege of learning and discussing and to then see their perspective as well. Um, I just, yeah, it's such a sweet thing to be able to have deep, meaningful conversations with people. Um, I'm thinking of, oh, I'm thinking of mentorship. I think um, because of Cambridge, I know what it feels like to have a teacher like sit with me and make me feel like I have a lot to say. And that's not the same thing as um, agreeing with everything that I say, but um, taking what I say seriously um, and encouraging me to think better and be a better person. And so when I go to college, since I have that feeling with me, I know what people to seek um, to draw that out of me. So I think it helps me find, um, I guess, the right crowd. Um, yeah. Um, we've talked a lot about how we feel Cambridge has prepared us for college and how we can go and do awesome, cool things in college because of Cambridge. Um, and yes, college is good, and we like to talk about it as this place where you can go and be free and explore yourself in the world and um, really flourish. But you're only there for four years. And I think just sort of adding on to what we've said, in addition to all of that, um, I guess I'm just sort of grateful for the ways I flourished here at Cambridge while I was here. Um, like I said, you know, I've, I've been here for, or I, I was here for 10, 12 years, something like that. Um, and I'm, you're only at college for four. And the community I had while I was here is something that I'm very grateful to have had. The ways that I was able to flourish here at Cambridge um, were some of the best years of my life in many ways, um, even now that I'm at the end of college. Um, and so that's something I'm still thankful for uh, and hold dearly in my memories. Um, I would say something I'm very grateful for um, is the genuine love that I had for learning when I was at Cambridge. Um, just the teacher's passions when they were talking about what they taught um, really inspired me uh, to genuinely consider whatever I was learning. And I make an effort to bring that with me um, to SDSU. I know that that's just a large college. It could be difficult um, to just like find an interest in like your basic GEs. Um, but I think the gratitude that I've learned while being at Cambridge and the gratitude I have for Cambridge just really allows me um, to deeply interact with everything that I have experienced at SDSU um, and just thinking about it in a more meaningful way. Um, I also would like to add on to what McKenna was talking about, about finding or like cultivating a love of learning. I think Cambridge does that really well, not only through the teachers, but also just being around so many, like we were talking about like-minded individuals. Um, coming into Cambridge as a seventh grader, I remember when I had to take catch up Latin classes and I did not like taking the Latin classes. I thought it was so like boring and like, why would I ever need this? And then it ended up being my major. Um, and so like, but during, during that time period, I think I became to more, I uh, more fully understood the value of what I was learning. I think 
um, I'm not just learning it for learning's sake. I think um, you're learning it because there are aspects of every class that you can apply to other classes. And I think it's, it's just so amazing to learn. Like I went back to third grade, actually, I was in Aiden Mrs. Rogers class and I was still learning things about third graders. I was still learning, like, um, I was, uh, just amazed by like how even in the third grade, they're so, so curious. And I think Cambridge does a great job at kind of cultivating that natural curiosity that I found in those third graders. And yeah. Everybody on the panel has been talking about so many wonderful things that we can be grateful for about Cambridge. But I wanted to just touch on the compassion intelligence and care of the entire community, that being students, teachers, faculty, parents, because so starting law school last year, um, I thought it was going to be like a 2.0 of undergrad. It was not. And then that kicked me in the butt and I was not at my best. I was stressing out a lot and I was very anxious and I had a lot of late nights where I was just, you know, looking at myself in the mirror going, okay, it's only three years long. You can do this. You need to figure out some way to get through this. And, but I was back in San Diego. I, I hightailed it out of Richmond after I finished great, but I'm definitely a California person, but coming back to school and then seeing so many friendly faces, teachers who genuinely ask like, Hey, how's it going? Like, how are your classes going? And them being able to remind me that well, I actually am learning a lot and there's something that I can talk about with people who care about me and care about the academics um, on a deeper level than just, oh, are you doing well, right? And then being able to talk with a lot of the parents and the faculty in our community who are also demonstrating so much care and compassion and interest in how I was doing, what I was doing. That was something that really helped pull me out of kind of that black cloud um, that I was, I was sitting in for a good semester. And even... Being able to talk to high school friends, people who maybe I hadn't seen in a while and being able to call them at like 1 a.m. in the morning when I was crying and having a hard time and hearing, you know, words of encouragement and friendly and seeing a friendly face. That is something that I don't know how many of my peers in, in law school are able to experience, even though we're all kind of going through a similar stressful situation. And that's like a support system that I didn't fully appreciate and learn to rely on and, and love until I went through something like that. So that's kind of my, my um, praise of the community as well. Yeah, to kind of piggyback off of that, um, it is an absolute blessing to be known, loved, and cared for by the community. Um, specifically, like to come back from a break or come back for summer and to get a text from, you know, Mr. Goodweiler, like, hey, we're playing basketball, you want to come play? Or to go get dinner with Mr. Moeller or Mr. Chung, or like, it is, it is such a blessing that the teachers and the other parents in the community have put in such an intentional effort to get to know you and continue that intentionality even after you leave Cambridge. And those have been some of the most like formative and best relationships I think that I've gained from Cambridge. And I I feel like that's something that's very unique to Cambridge. I feel like we could go on for another hour or two, but uh, it must, all good things must come to an end. And so I just want to 
say thank you to all of our alumni for coming and getting up so early on your break uh, for coming in. Thank you for sharing everything you've shared with us. It's wonderful to see you again. Parents, thank you so much for uh, giving up your time as well to come and hear and listen to uh, how our graduates are doing and their experience from Cambridge to college as well. So thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to An Examined Education. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, reach out to the Advancement Office. Check out our website and schedule a tour at cambridgeclassical.org. Until next time, think well, love rightly, and live wisely.